Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you find yourself. We are in for a beautiful treat with the gorgeous Carol Robinson in our interview on the Big Hearted Podcast today. So Carol's been working with women for the last 15 years, and during that time, she's helped many people unpack their challenges, facilitated women's circles, and privately mentored on the topic of self-love and also relationships, intuition, energy healing, and health and fitness. Carol's been trained by global organizations and typically works with ambitious people who are ready to up-level in life by allowing them to see hope and magic that already exists inside of themselves. Transformation, it becomes inevitable. She currently works with clients one-on-one or through her signature six-month online group program called The Self-Love Affair supporting her clients to have the greatest self-love affair with their health, career, relationships, and confidence. So this was probably the most woo-woo chat that I have had on the Big Hearted Podcast, but I own the woo-woo because the woo-woo is awesome. And I think there's a whole lot more woo-woo people out there than I actually give credit to. Every time I go a little bit woo-woo, I seem to get a lot of people saying that they understand, they agree, they think it's fabulous and all that sort of stuff. So this conversation is fantastic. You are going to love listening to this. Uh, And um, it was just such a pleasure to chat with Carol. I even got some, oh, oh, I get it moments in there. So it was wonderful. So without further ado, I introduce to you the beautiful Carol Robinson. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Big Hearted Podcast. My name is Victoria Edmund, and I am your host. Our aim here at the Big Hearted Podcast is to nurture a community of heart-centered educators to change the perception and delivery of early childhood education and care in Australia, and ultimately around the world. We want you to be inspired by our guests and the topics we bring to you to think of new ways of being as an educator. We want you to feel a sense of belonging via this podcast so that you can engage any time of the day or night in any place that suits you. We want you to become an educator that delivers education from the heart, as we believe this is how we create great change within our world. So join us as we discover new ways to inspire each other here on the Big Hearted Podcast. Welcome, the beautiful Carol Robinson. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've just heard your professional bio, but can you share with us from your heart your journey that has found you to where you are right now? Oh, wow. (laughs) Thanks, Victoria, for the welcome and thanks for having me on here. Such a pleasure. Um, From my heart to where I am now. How long have we got? It's an hour, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's an hour. (laughs) So, so yeah, look, I'm a, yeah, it's okay. I'm a self-love mentor and the way that I'll, I'll tell you how I got into that role um, because it's quite an interesting one. Uh, for 12 years, I had a beauty salon and it was down in Northern New South Wales and I mostly worked from home. So I do understand what working from home is like and having clients coming in and all of that. Uh, and then I opened a salon and uh, a, a shopfront salon. It was called Carol's Place. 
and it was inspiring inner and outer beauty. So in those 12 years of having my um my sell my my business, my beauty business, I was waxing, wax on, wax off. I was like the karate kid for 12 <laughs> years. I was also a makeup artist as well. So I'd do weddings on the weekends and things like that. But um having that salon and that business was I consider an apprenticeship mm-hmm. to understanding human behavior. Mm-hmm. And especially with women. You know, because mm-hmm. someone's coming into your personal space, or well, I was in their personal space, especially, um, you know, waxing them um, and intimate waxing too, like there's no secrets. And um, they felt comfortable to be able to talk to me. So because everyone wants to be seen, heard and acknowledged to some point. And so um, the conversations would get quite deep. It's like going to a hairdresser as well. Mm. You know, once you find someone that you really like and you trust them, then you start to you know talk a little bit more so I found that I was giving helpful advice in in um, some of these conversations and a few of my clients said Carol you should consider being a counselor or something like that Mm. I was like oh no no I'm you know enjoying what I do and um, I raised my kids I'm a mother I had two children I was a solo parent for a while there so having a business from home uh, was just perfect and um, yeah so anyway look I, I went through a divorce during that time which created a lot of challenges in my life and it made me really um, have to start to look within at myself like how am I responding to what is going on so the ladies would still come in and get their waxing appointment but sometimes I found the ones that I trusted I would share information with them Mm. like this is my challenge is what's happening at the moment and I'm a bit frazzled and hopefully I'll get through this and you know so um when I opened the salon the shop front salon and called it um, Carol's Place inspiring inner and out of circles of a nighttime so the ladies would come in in the daytime and um and get their beauty treatments done so the external validation the yeah. external beauty but then of a nighttime on a Tuesday they would come back for a women's circle called rise and shine and that was the inner beauty that yeah. was the the working on the inside so um, and uh, since then I did courses I've studied studied more about human behavior about mind and heart and body connection I'm just on the tail end of studying uh, cert three and four in fitness to even understand the body more um, but I've yeah I've done courses with uh, human energy energy healing uh, all those things to um, to get to where I am today so it was the beauty industry that got yeah. me into the self-love industry and when uh, the world was shut down in 2020, my salon was shut down and I thought, oh, my gosh, this community that I've created of women that enjoyed coming along on that Tuesday night, we still need to connect. We yeah. still need to connect. So that's it. I'm taking it online. So I started uh, women's circles online in a Zoom room. Right. And it was incredible just understanding that you can still um, be in touch with, with each other and feel each other's energy and help each other, support each other, even on a computer screen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the Rise and Shine was there and then I started one-on-one mentoring with self-love and, yeah, so that's that's how I got to where I am today where I'm running a business with an online course um, called The Self-Love Affair. 
So that's it. That's, that's kind of my That's amazing because you and I met last year. I was actually uh, in a co-working space and uh, I was recording the summit because my internet at home, <laughs> which is where I am now, and it did have a little bit of a blip just while you were talking, but I think I, saw that. <laughs> I think people will be able to to catch on with what you were saying. Um, apologies to everybody listening. Um, and we met in, in this co-working space and I really connected with you. I was very quiet for a couple of days because I was just doing my thing and I was in an environment I didn't know and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it didn't take long for us to to connect and and Blake as well. It was really lovely to have, you know, communication with you guys. Uh, and I was immediately struck with how easy you were to talk to and how you actually really listen and very much hold space. Like it's it takes an art to hold space for people and I think you've probably honed that because there's nothing like holding space when you're holding someone's bits as you wax them. So it's, it's very defined, <laughs> like <laughs> it's a very vulnerable position for someone to be in. So there's such valuable skills. I mean, I've been on that table as the waxer and the waxy, uh, much yeah. prefer the waxing because it hurts way less. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this whole idea of self-love, and I, I think for a lot of my listeners, we find ourselves in that position where we're constantly giving. It's It's never about us. It's always about the little people in our lives and Little people can be the most selfish people on the face of the earth because they just think the world revolves around them, and it does to a degree. But as educators, I think they find themselves in that position of holding space for everybody else but never really returning that favour for themselves. Is that a pretty common theme that you've come across in your work too? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as women, we are nurturers and we give. Um, there's also many programs and conditioning within society uh, for us to get to that point as well. Um, and conditioning from when we were growing up, watching our own parents parent or caregivers mm. parent us. You know, so um, you're saying that you're the people that um, that are, that you're dealing with there, that you know, the the little people, that the daycare workers have got the little people. Well, we all need to be a little bit of little people again. Mm. We need to come into that space of learning to be selfish mm. in a non-selfish way. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, learning to be selfish, giving to you. So it's very important that you fill your cup. Mm. You have to fill your cup. It's like that same thing, you know, the oxygen mask when you're flying, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. You have to fill it because if your cup is not full, how can you serve the people that you want to serve mm. in the best possible way? Mm. You know, if you've created your own family and you're giving to that, you know, partner, children, like we get pulled in different directions yep. all the time and especially with our time, you know, and we have to make up some non-negotiables that, no, this five minutes is my time. Mm. It's very important to me because it's me giving back to me. Mm. And, and you're totally deserving to give to yourself. 
Um, but as we as we grow older, so yeah, if you if you take yourself back and you would understand this more than what I do and um and the ladies that you are the people that you associate with, you know, you take yourself back into that, you know, four-year-old mind. Mm. Um, where actually a lot of their programming is happening in mm. the first seven years. The subconscious is yep. taking so much programming. And so if you take yourself back to that innocence, that in no sense, mm. like you don't have all the adult worries that we have, the most of the time we have chosen for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yes. So, we, we chose to go and get that car loan to have that big, bright, shiny car that we're going to feel comfortable in. We chose to get the mortgage because that's the system that we've believed that that's what you do. That's how you invest your money. You know, we we chose to um, to in certain relationships which aren't actually fully in alignment with our true authentic self. But mm. these things, these are just some um, examples. These things can contribute to a lot of stress into mm. our body. And and we don't know then, like we get overwhelmed, like the brain gets overwhelmed. Um, we're always having these what they call amygdala hijacks. It's, our, it's a part of our brain that hijacks of the prefrontal cortex of our brain where our head's scrambled you know yeah. we then in that state we can't make rational de decisions we can't make decisions with clarity yeah um, you know but we work our way up very common in today's society that we work our way up to that state of burnout depression anxiety and we consider that in our society as the normal thing. Wow, it but almost becomes a badge of honour sometimes. It's insane. It is insane. And our nervous system, if you go back to the human body, our nervous system isn't designed for that. No. It's just not designed to take all of that on. Yet we have put ourselves into that position and then we go, well, why? Now we can also take on guilt and shame. Yeah. From that as well, from feeling that, you know, oh gosh, I just can't handle everything. And oh, I'm in overwhelm. There must be something wrong with me because I'm just not doing everything right. No, hang on a minute. Let's blame. If we're going to do any blaming, let's bring our culture into it. Yeah. The way that our culture has conditioned us and programmed us to be successful. Yeah. To have all the external validations looking really good yeah you know so you've got to sometimes sit back and look at the big picture I went a little bit deep then but you've got to look at the big picture that you're in and go yeah what what are my non-negotiables to give back to me and my yeah. body and what where am I sitting in my life in my timeline where is this actually taking me yeah and is it serving me in a positive way or is it serving me in a negative way yeah it's, it's yeah, about it's I love getting, I love the word curious. It's about sitting yes. back and just, just getting curious. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because I partnered really young. Um, brace yourself, people. There's a story coming. <laughs> this is great. I, I don't, often, like I share, but I don't share as much as people think I actually do. I'm going to share a little bit. I partnered quite young. Uh, I had an epiphany uh, or a God bolt moment. Uh, I call them God bolts. Uh, when, before I met Brian, um, 12 months before I met him, that I was going to meet the one that I was going to spend the rest of my life with or the bulk of my life with. 
Uh, and so then I decided, oh, better stop being a naughty 19-year-old and uh, pull myself together. So I wrote a list of all the things that I wanted in a partner. As a 19, 20-year-old, like, I mean, that list was okay. I, I, I wanted someone who was practical, good with money, um, was, you know, uh, could do things with their hands. Like I didn't want someone who was brain, like, you know, number smart, but, but practically not smart. It just wouldn't work for me um, at the time and like all these things, right? So I wrote this list so I'd know what I was looking for when when I'd know when I'd found him. Um, so it was 12 months between that and, and meeting Brian and then it was naughty, but three weeks later we were pregnant. Um, so at my whole... Not naughty. Wait, I'm just sorry. It's not naughty, Victoria. <laughs> well, no, it was... Fun. It's fun. <laughs> it was fun. But then the repercussions of those decisions really came down hard uh, when you're three months into a relationship and you find you're two months pregnant, you know, like far out, but 23 years later. So I guess what I'm saying is sometimes those choices that we make, we don't feel the repercussions of that until years and years and years down the track. And sometimes you're so far away from that incident or that choice that you made that it takes so long for it to filter into your consciousness to then start going, well, hang on, I've got to take responsibility for the things that I chose to do and the things that I've done. So Brian and I, there's 12 years age difference between the two of us. Um, so, you know, he's he's a grumpy, boring old man now, whereas I've just, like, offloaded my children. We have had the last two weekends, my son's finally moved out for a couple of months um, and my daughter's moved out, got her own place. So we have had the last two weekends where it's just been like, is this what the rest of the world that doesn't have children lives? Like, what on earth is this, right? So we are now in this place where we're finding this lovely connection as us two, just as, as two human beings. Yeah. So all the stuff that happens in between that, I understand because I realise how busy life is and how it's so easy to make everything about everybody else because sometimes that's easier to look at and fix everybody else's problems than to look at your own and address your own situation. So I found myself in adrenal fatigue at the end of last year and everyone knows my sleeping issues. Those are the listen to the podcast for ages. They've known the issues that I've had with sleep for a very long time and that I'm very much aware of trying to get on top of those things. And I think this is the thing with self-love. It's this, this constant curiosity of is it this, is it that, is it? But it, at the end of the day it's taking responsibility for self. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's taking responsibility and also to living life where you don't always need to know as well. Mm. So take yourself back to those early years and you're in the throes of passion um, in the start of the relationship. How much fun is that, you know, and um, but you just dealt with things as they went along because mm -hmm. we don't need to know things are put things are on our path in mm. my belief system. Things are on our path already. It's our destiny. And um, and we don't need to always be pushing through the path. Mm. Um, we just sometimes need to allow ourselves to be carried and mm. go, okay, this challenge has now presented itself. Oh, okay, now we've got another challenge. Mm. Like how, so you've still got the choice there 
of how to respond to all of those things. And you're 100% right in taking responsibility. I call it ownership, Mm -hmm. taking ownership for where you are in your life today. You have placed yourself in that position. Don't go to blame or denial, justification or excuses. That's a victim mindset. Go to the the victim mindset, the um, ownership, accountability, responsibility. And if you have those three things all the time, then you go, okay, I've placed myself here. How can I reframe this situation in my mind? How can I reframe um, the experience that I'm having now? You know, do I need more open communication with somebody? Uh, am I, what am I holding back? It's that same thing, just getting curious again. And um, yeah, and creating creating um, a path that's right for you. And that's the beauty about knowing about the science of the brain mm. and, um, and you know, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind, how it all operates. Knowing and understanding that you can reprogram your brain. You mm. can reprogram. You can reprogram those old core beliefs of I'm not good enough or I'm never going to be successful or I'm not worthy. You can reprogram that stuff if you are willing to, if mm. you really want to, and if you're really patient. Um, previous clients I've you know spoken to, you know, you say to, I say to them, you can go and read all the personal development books. You can go and read all the business books, right? How to become successful. You can, uh, so you can listen to a thousand podcasts and, um, yeah, read the books, get all the knowledge that you want. But if you're not actioning, if you're not actioning Mm. what you're learning to create the difference, then you're going to be stuck on the same merry-go-round. Yeah. You have to action it. And it takes courage sometimes to action those things. It really does. It's it's interesting because you might action stuff and it's like it's like playing a game. Life is like a game, right? And when we change the rules, we've got to clearly explain that to the other players, but also understand that sometimes those other players don't want to change the rules. And so there has to be this place in between where there is a new dynamic being set up. And I've talked about this on the podcast before about personal responsibility and being really clear about, like, as you say, ownership over your own stuff. So when you put a boundary in place, and it could be that you say to your family, I am not going to pick up after you anymore, or I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. If you put a boundary there and you hold it, other people's reaction to your boundary isn't your responsibility. Your responsibility is to hold that in love and kindness and be, I understand you're upset right now, but I have told you that I'm not going to do that for you anymore. So you need to get up earlier in the morning or whatever it is and make that happen for yourself. Um, because you've got to, like, your life is your only life. Yes. Look, if I can come in here and say um, with my clients, uh, the ones I've worked, especially with one-on-one, is that um, they come to me to learn about self-love. So the word there is self. Mm. Now, a lot of clients can come in and blame mm. 
my husband's doing this, my teenage daughter's doing this, um, my best friend did this. Well, hang on a minute. It's not about them. It's about you, the way that you're responding to that. Mm-hmm. So just get curious with the way that you're responding to it. An example is I've had a few, a couple of clients now that um, their marriage was like close to ending. Um, one in particular, an amazing woman with a big family, uh, teenagers, worked full time. Uh, I said to her that the job of working with me is that I am to help you see the hope that you have inside yourself, mm -hmm. the strength that you have inside yourself. So regardless whether you end up going through a divorce or if the marriage repairs and, and it, you know, in the throes of passion again, um, you will be an empowered woman. Mm. Doesn't matter what way you go. Mm. The reason why you're coming to me is to learn about self, self-love, mm. to dive deeper into being a stronger individual. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's so important because I know when I had children, I mean, I was so young when I had my children. I had my son when I was 21 and my daughter when I was 23. Um, and I really didn't know who I was then anyway like really had no idea who I was as a person. So I've kind of grown up alongside my my children, uh, had a lot of strong ideas and ideals and things like that, but you mature and you grow. So this is going to happen in all of your relationships too. Your first one that made you a, a mother is learning by default and, and you've got to then, you're this whole new person, you're a mother now, and there's all these other things that come into play that you have to learn about yourself and it's this constant evolution and this constant growing. So what was once okay suddenly becomes not okay anymore. And as you've grown and you've learned to say no or to say yes to things, it changes other aspects of self as well. So I love that idea of coming back to self because that's the only thing we have any real control over and any real power over. Oh. Absolutely. And it's about building resilience within yourself so that you can respond to challenges in self-loving ways. Mm. Mm. Because if you're not a if you find it hard to be resilient, if you struggle when every challenge comes in and you um you're yelling, you're screaming, your brain scrambled, you don't have clarity, you're feeling tired, you're getting anxious, you're depressed state, it's because that there's no, you know, your resilience isn't strong. And I'm not talking about being a massive warrior woman, like, no, you know, like, it's, it's just about knowing yourself and backing yourself on your choices. Yeah. You know, I'll give an example too. You know, I had my first child when I was 29 and um, I remember he was only two weeks old and he was such it was a gorgeous baby happy baby but such a loud screamer and and just loved the boob just yeah. needed to be pacified you know yeah and to the point where it's like okay where the midwife said to me maybe this is when I was still in the hospital you may want to consider getting a dummy a pacifier 
and because I didn't even have one I was like oh I didn't okay mothering was all new to me yeah and so I put that little piece of you know rubber in his mouth and it he loved it you know and it meant it's another thing that humans create right but it meant that I could um you know calm down a little bit he was soothing himself Mm -hmm. um I was you know nursing him all of that Uh, but I went to this party and it was um a family party not crazy party just a a lunchtime thing and uh this older lady came in and here I am with my beautiful newborn boy absolutely proud that yep I created him still in awe all of that and here he is with his little thing you know munching in his little pacifier and this lady said to me oh what have you got that in his mouth for get that out and I just went oh now at that stage I didn't I wasn't fully connected with who I was yeah, I was. Yeah, I wasn't connected to myself um, like I am today. I'm, you know, more an empowered woman today. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then, like if I knew what I know now and put put it in my body back then, I would have said, "Oh, excuse me, but that's you know your your opinion. He really needs it, and it helps me to soothe my nervous system, mm. and uh, it works for both of us." Instead, I went the opposite way and just started having these thoughts of like, "Oh my gosh, I'm a bad, bad mother. Oh, should I really have that thing in his mouth? What mm. am I doing?" You know, mm. and and it starts to plant those little seeds of doubt. So I'm just using this as an example, mm. but I call it the little self doubt monster, and he comes and sits on my shoulder still every now and then, and he whispers in my ear. And but nowadays more, I just flick him off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas when I wasn't so sure about who I was, um, he was sitting there quite often. Yeah. You can't do this. You're not good enough for this. You're not worthy of that. Yeah. See, yeah. it's interesting it, because I find like even that in and of itself is part of the process of growing up and coming into who you are. Because I think there's so much unwinding of past conditioning that we need to do and stories and things that we are told from when we're little from well-meaning people who have no idea of the power of their words. So as we become older and we start like taking those layers off, we start becoming more connected to who our intrinsic self is And that is a process to getting to that point to being able to say, hang on a second, I can tell that this is a BS story right now. Uh, Yeah, I don't have to listen to that anymore. That's an old pattern. And I think it's important for people to know that when you start changing core patterns and behaviour patterns and belief systems and all those sorts of things, that was designed to keep you alive at one point it was a part of you that kept you being able to function. So that becomes a pattern of behavior or a veil that we see life through. As we start unwinding those, that pattern's sole purpose was survival. When you start saying, I don't need this anymore, that pattern goes, ah, hang on, you're going to die without me. No, no, no. And can grip on for dear life and can really. Yeah, that's actually called. Yeah, that's the ego. Yeah. <laughs> that's the ego. The ego is there to defend us, to defend our identity yeah. and to keep us in the comfort zone. So yeah, and, uh, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that was the ego. 
yeah, it can be a dysfunctional thing too. So, um, but it's like anything, um, Victoria, once it's, once it's conscious. So once it, once it comes into our consciousness, we know it, right? Yes. Then you can't unsee it. That's right. So therefore then once it's conscious, then you can create the change. Yes. It becomes a choice then rather than a reaction. It's a response as yeah. opposed to a reaction. And, and I think and there it- are there's, there's certain modalities out there, alternate modalities that can reprogram the subconscious mind as well of all these things that we don't even know. So, you know, like our mind, it's 5% is conscious mind. Mm. 95% is our subconscious. Yeah. 95%. Wild, isn't it? It is. It's crazy. And that's what's operating us. And sometimes we're thinking, why did I do that? Why did I react like that? Man, yeah. that was a bit weird. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going in and same thing, just unpacking it a little bit more, being kind with yourself, having lots of self-compassion yeah. along the way, knowing that it is a journey. Yeah. This is not yeah. just something you're like, oh, I'm going to find out about myself. Yeah, should be done by next week. That'll be fine. No, 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 no. This it's, is a continual journey. It's a and, tremendous amount of work. Yeah. And you will get sick of yourself at times too. And you just <laughs> be like, oh, God, why can't life just be easy? Why can't these, you know, why I'm just craving for the time where everything just flows and it's unicorns and rainbows and <laughs> Yeah, but then you're going, stuff. that's a victim mindset there, Victoria. <laughs> Stop going, calling me out. <laughs> instead of going, okay, this is happening right now. It's yeah. not a desired outcome. What can I do to change it? Yeah, you know, it's so cool. Like, thank you, because that's a great reminder. I always feel like I'm not a victim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see, we manipulate ourselves and we manipulate our stories and, you know, we tell these things. And anyway, it reminds me now I've totally lost my train of thought of what I was going to say, and it was brilliant too. Hello, friends. I just wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Big Hearted Education's Autumn Planning. This planning session is a total game-changing session. It's going to help you to get your planning done in as little as 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes, that's it. You will know exactly what you're doing, why you're doing it, and anytime anybody asks you, why are you doing that particular thing, you are going to have all of the answers. You're going to know those children in your care like you've never known them before. You're going to feel organized. You're gonna feel ready and prepared. You are going to love this style of planning and I can't wait for you to join us. So if you would like to register your place for the autumn planning that is held on the 3rd of February, 2024, make sure you go to www.bigheartededucation.com forward slash autumn dash planning dash 2024 to secure your place now. Remember, it's a little plan with a big heart. Oh, it's, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> no, it's not all rainbows and unicorns, but it is a decision-making process. At the end of the day, it does come down to making decisions. Is that going to have the desired outcome that I want? No. Oh, that's what I was talking about. When we were talking before we started recording and I shared that I'd got an adrenal fatigue, um, now that thought is gone again. Holy dooly, this is an a, a adrenal fatigued brain in action. Is, is it the desired outcome? We're on that track. Yeah, the is desired it, outcome. Um, 
I, I can keep going on. It might come yeah, back. Please. Another a great question, which a beautiful mentor and friend taught me was to ask yourself, um, if you are in a challenging situation, is does this serve me or does this not serve me? Yeah. Does this serve me? Does it serve me for my future? Does it serve me in the present moment? You know, is this thing actually serving me or does it not serve me? Yeah. And then always come back to love. Yeah. What what would love do right now? Love for self and love for others. Yeah, is it going to fulfill me or is it going to cost mm. me? You know, mm. and sometimes you have to make that decision it's going to cost me short-term loss for long-term gain. Um, sometimes you just have to yeah. knuckle down and do the work and it is uncomfortable and sometimes it is in the quagmire of shit. Like it's 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 not always clean and tidy and it is crying and snot and not being able to catch your breath and all those things that we're taught that children go to instantly. They just instantly go there. And sometimes that makes adults uncomfortable too, but they instantly go there and they get through it. And all because they that's need... how they know how to communicate, right? Yes. So they're not repressing emotion. They're no. not repressing it. They're actually letting it go, which is the most healthiest thing that you can do. Absolutely. Um, it's when you get to an age, and especially in young men, yeah. uh, they're told, don't cry, you're a pussy, you're weak, da-da-da-da-da, you know. So it represses. Let's yeah. just store that emotion. Let's sweep that emotion under the rug. Yeah. We'll deal with that later on. Or even in the mind, we don't have to deal with that right? But no, 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 that sneaky little emotion will come back out later in life somehow. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's about just releasing. And if you, you know, for anger, if, if, if you're really angry at someone and it's, you want to, you know, have a good old yell and scream and match, match at them or whatever, ask yourself, is it going to serve you in a positive way to start off with? But if you still need to get that, and I do um, invite you to get that energy out of your body, go into a, a controlled environment, a close the door like a bedroom or whatever, and just start punching your pillow, Yeah, you know, and just start getting, getting that, releasing that um, energy out of your body. Journal it, write it. Mm. You know, I can't believe what happened today. They are so rude to me, da-da-da. I, you know, don't deserve this, but I know that I'm learning from this experience somehow. Mm. I need to calm down, you know, just free write. Get it out. I did a reel about it ages ago, actually, but just get it out of your body mm. because it, it, it will be stored in there. And a lot of health conditions can come upon that, you know. We can create yeah. this ease if you break that word down disease dis-ease within our body we're not in ease and flow yeah yeah it's too much going on yeah 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 it's it's like an interrupt it's like a pattern there just takes over and and then it's like the energy that's associated with it causes disruption you know it's interesting because I was uh, I started a page the truth about uh, COVID-19 and early childhood education in the middle of the very beginning of COVID quickly grew to like thousands and thousands of people on that page and I got trolled and Katrina the other girl I was working with we we got mercilessly like trolled and a couple of the people were in my own team and I was just like I got really I was confused. I couldn't understand why they would do what they were doing. I understood it came from a place of fear, from then on understanding things, blah, 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 blah. Like I could totally get that. 
But there was one day, it was my birthday, and it was a particularly bad day, and I was furiously cleaning my dining room, (laughs) decluttering my dining room, and just like going through this whole process in my head of, you know, they need to be accountable, I want to make them accountable, and blah, 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 blah. And there was this little voice that just tapped me on the side of the the head and it was like, excuse me, Victoria, but uh, where are you not accountable in your life? And I went, oh, oh, I'm not really accountable to my health right now. Oh, okay. And so I made a deal with myself. I was like, right, you're going to the gym. You're going to get moving again. You're going to get really strong in your physical body again. You're going to do all these things. If you get to this point and they're still going, then you can make them accountable. But if you get to that point and then they've stopped, then you are the winner anyway in this situation. And that's what I did. And I started the love affair with the gym and it has continued and still continues. And that's a whole story now. But when you allow yourself space you know, and that physical thing of chucking shit out of your life, <laughs> decluttering. It, for Tell me, me about it. yeah, for me, it helps me to find order and I let go of it's that physical representation of letting go of the layers and the junk and the crap that we hang on to. It's so therapeutic and calming and it really helps me to find order in my mind. So I've always had this thing, messy room, messy mind. Yeah. That's right. And there's also another aspect to this too, that sometimes our stuff can be part of our identity. Yeah. And to let go of things that actually don't even work for us anymore. Yes. And I can talk about this forever because I actually um, had a beautiful aunt that passed away a couple of years ago and Uh, I went over to England. So I was in a foreign country during COVID. I went and um, which was crazy time to travel. Um, But I got there and I, um, she trusted me with the job of moving on her possessions, like sorting through the possessions. Mm. It was a big job. Mm. And uh, she had a lot of stuff. And so in that time, you know, to actually see, to see an, an item here, I've got my computer mouse, yeah. <laughs> an example, but like, do I need this? There were four piles, keep it, sell it, donate it or throw it. Yeah. Keep it, sell it, donate it, or throw it. Is this part of my identity? Is this going to be, my aunt left it to me, but let's just use this as an example as it's mine. Is it part of my identity? Is it going to make my life easier? Do I actually need it? What am I holding on to it for? Yeah. What does it represent? Yeah. You know, and it's it's letting go because at the end of the day, if everything burnt down around you, it's mm. a, it's the same story, right? As the woman nearly on the brink of divorce, doesn't matter what the outcome is. Yeah. Are you going to be that same person, that same resilient, empowered person? Yeah. But I, I look, it took me months. Like I cleaned out the um the flat, uh, did it all, donated lots and lots of stuff, and uh, and came back, went over with a suitcase, came back with a suitcase, mm. and um and then that really in the last uh, year or so with my own life, of um just 
looking at stuff going, I don't need that anymore. I don't need it. I live very minimalistically now, very mm. minimalistically, um, to the point where I'll be traveling in a motorhome. Yeah, so I'm going to be in this motorhome and I've had to um, really like, you know, like I've got a big, not a big cupboard. I don't have a big cupboard, but it's much bigger now than what it's going to be. <laughs> Yeah. So it's really bringing it down to going, well, what do I actually need? You know, yeah. there's some things that will go into storage, but I don't need much because it it doesn't serve me in any way. Yeah. And it's amazing how uh, we make these things part of our identity. I talked about, I did a reel um, just before Christmas time about how consumerism and materialism is rife at that time. Yeah. It's, buy this, get this, get this, you know, it's just, they have extra stalls up at the shopping centers Yeah, you know, for this day, which is actually based on religion. Yeah. You know, and half the people probably, I shouldn't say half, that's the wrong, wrong thing to say, but a lot of people would not actually be celebrating the true meaning of Christmas of why it came around. Yeah. But it's all about giving presents and gifts and, the stress that that season can bring on yeah. is just crazy. It's nuts. It's crazy. And I, I see educators fall into that trap all the time and they use it as a means to justify their position in their business. They use it as a means to justify what they charge to families. So they feel like they can't charge what they really want to charge unless they go and have continual new resources and have a shed full of resources, which I guarantee they would barely use 5% of. So that whole idea, and it becomes a justification of what we do and who we are rather than a representation of who we are. And I think in early childhood yeah. education, especially there is a bit of a poverty consciousness that comes around when purchasing resources and things like that. You know, educators miss having a budget. They miss being accountable, accountable to that, the finance side of their business, because that's a scary thing to look at as women. We're coming from, you know, not so much, well, my mum a little bit, um, but my nan and all those, you know, the women before were given a budget, a household budget, and they had to do whatever they had to do to keep mm. things running. But the man, the man was responsible for everything. You know, these inbuilt ideas and and ways of looking at stuff can have these ripple effects to now. Well, yeah. It, it's it's pressures to keep up with societal societal norms. Yep, it's those pressures that come into it, and a lot of people can go broke over it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and and a, a great example. I'm going to use my own personal story for this because I've never been a, an educator, a childhood yeah. educator, yeah. Uh, or you know, daycare educator. Um, but I was taking my daughter to early childhood learning and I was putting her in, it was just one or two days a week so that I could get some part-time work done from home. Mm -hmm. This is many years ago now. She just turned 21. So, um, but one memory that sticks in my mind is the educator talking to me at the end of the day 
uh, about how how slowly my daughter was eating her lunch. She was eating all of her lunch, but how slowly she was eating it. And it would be best if if um, if she could eat a little bit faster. Well, I left and I was in tears. Like I got in the car and just thought, oh, my gosh, what is this? I went home and processed it. Um, the next morning I went back in and the child care centre manager came to me and she said, um, look, I've just found out what was said. I I heard that you were distressed. You know, I just want to apologise on behalf of the, the child care centre that, that that was said to you. And I said to her, I said, for my opinion, is that I want to drop my daughter off so that I could do the things that I can do, but not being distracted. So I can, you know, I had a part-time business then. Mm -hmm. um, but to drop her off knowing that she is loved and cared for. Mm. That's that's all I want as a parent. Mm. It doesn't matter if she's not up to date with her numbers or mm. that she's not eating lunch as quickly as what she should or there's possibly some hearing defect. I know that there would be responsibles, uh, responsibilities with yeah, educators to notice those things mm. but she was only little mm. she was only three three mm. or four mm. and and um, my thing is that it you don't need all of that stuff mm. as a parent handing your child over are they safe are they yep. going to be loved yeah do they want to let go of me knowing that they are going into a trusted environment yeah. That, that's all. As that's a parent, all it is. That's, that's yeah. It it's interesting because I saw a post the other day um, about an educator questioning um, someone else in their service was braiding the children's hair. And she was like, I don't know if it's a me thing, but I think that's a bit too intimate to do. And I don't think that should be happening. And I was just like, really? I would see that as an act of deep self, like a deep caring for an educator to sit there because yeah. you're not going to sit there in silence and, you, and, and you're not going to do a child's hair if they say, I don't want you to do it. It's going to be impossible because they'll move. But if another child has engaged with that educator and that educator, they're going to have a lovely conversation while that's happening. That child is going to feel mm -hmm. really loved and cared for. It's a simple thing to do. And this is the thing, right? This is what educators, I would like educators to remember is it's about how present you are with the children in the moment. You might have only resources from the op shop or things that you have personally made yourself or found at little markets that other people have handmade and things like that. Um, that is far better to have your service with those things in it that are used, you know, with open-ended intent and, and be present with the children than to go and spend $400 every fortnight at Kmart on crap that's not going to last. And, and who are you, who are they, who are you trying to impress here? Is it yeah. the child or the, or the adult helping them off? Yeah. It's, who it's, is it? it's and, that, and the most important, it, it's the child. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's the that, most important, the child. What is the, Sorry, you we've got a little delay happening here. It's a little bit frustrating. It's that and it's also the justification of their role because they don't feel confident in what they're doing. Um, and I just think it's really important. Like we've really got to get this. We are, as you said, the first seven years of a child's life is important. The first 
500 days or whatever it is, is, is ultimately super important too. We have the power as educators to plant seeds in children's mind that will take them through and they either grow from it beautifully or they have to learn to undo it. And I think that's a really important um, point to make when it comes to early childhood education because you as a pair, as an adult, as an adult, is undoing those things now and you know how difficult that is. So if someone wants to look further into the self-love affair, which I absolutely love, I think that's such a a fabulous course name, um, how are they going to go about finding you, Carol? So it's my name, uh, is my website, www.carolrobinson.com.au. And um, there's links on there to the self-love affair. It's got all the information. There's heaps of testimonials and um, there's a couple of videos to watch. And it's a six-month program, so they can join at any time. There's eight pre-recorded modules and lots of resources to go through. And the six months, I'm also in a Zoom room once every two weeks. So once a fortnight. It's me and a group in a Zoom room and openly talking about the things that are in the course. So whether you're in module one or whether you're in module eight, it doesn't matter. Come into the Zoom room and and we can openly discuss what's happening and what's present in that moment in your life. Oh, yeah. That's that's it's a great so cool. program. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really connected with you all those months ago um, down at that co-working space and I followed you on Instagram and we've, you know, had little little chats via Instagram and, and I just, I love the work that you do. I just think it's so important and uh, I really hope some educators will jump on and follow you and, and then jump into your course too because I just feel like we have such a responsibility as educators to be aware of the stories we have um, and when we're being a victim, hello, Victoria, uh, to pull ourselves up on that and to be accountable and responsible for ourselves because yeah. what and, we and- yeah, I look at, and that's what I teach. It's, I teach all of that, um, but I also go into a lot of the science of it. Not too sciencey, but just so that you gain an understanding about the mind, the human body, human yeah. energy. Yeah, um, yeah gratitude, uh, mindfulness, meditation. How what actually happens in the brain when we meditate? The benefits of meditation. Yeah. There's so many different things. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's. A, I'm really proud. It's my and um yeah it's a, it's a great course and it's had great testimonials yeah awesome changes lives and and, and following and you also on... too i was going to say if the course is not for you just follow me on instagram yeah, yeah. um Cause... underscore carol.robinson underscore yeah because i do reels and i do little things on there that can help yeah, your your stuff is awesome i always i always tune into your stuff and watch it and uh, always go oh oh that is interesting. And your your socials are great too. So uh, yeah, people will will enjoy your your social media platform. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You have been a, a trooper. Uh, hopefully the podcast comes through without any glitches, but I'm left to edit it. So there is a possibility that some glitches will stay. Um, but we did have a few uh, hiccups within the internet connection. 
That's fine, Victoria, because you know what? It's not about perfectionism here. Not at all. It is what it is, right? Not at all. So we just go with the flow. We go yep. with the flow and we yep. enjoy it for what it is. It's it's <laughs> it's on brand for me to have spelling mistakes and be grammatically incorrect and then be really okay. having issues with technology. It's just like even then it just froze. Oh, yeah, <laughs> because we're human. Because we're human, right? Totally, totally. (laughs) Thank you so much, Carol. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I know that my listeners are going to have got a lot out of it too. They often, the the woo-woo conversations that I have are often the ones that get so much more engagement. So I think there's a whole lot more of you that are woo-woo than let on. So uh, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, I love woo-woo. Oh, me too. I go down that woo-woo path. Woo-woo should actually be our normal. Woo-woo should need to be the normal that's what we were I agree (laughs) and normal needs to be called woo woo (laughs) yes I'm totally on that ballpark with you mate don't you worry well thank you so much Carol I so much appreciate your time today and um yeah I'm sure we'll catch up again soon thank you thank you big love everybody from my heart to yours magical big love that's my saying too I love it thank you Hi friend, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. When we work on our own, we can sometimes be in a silo. So having new perspectives and different ways of looking at things is vitally important for the growth of our individual selves and our professional selves as well. We love feedback, so if you felt compelled to share what you thought of today's podcast, we would love to read your thoughts. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That helps our podcast to get out to the wider community. And the more that hear what we have to share, we think the better it is. Thanks so much, friend. We'll see you next time. Till then, big love.